Brethren, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that you may always have enough of everything and may in abundance for every good and may provide in abundance for every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for great generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving unto God. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. The Lord said, And as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful, and the selfish be merciful even as your father is merciful peace 
be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Saint Theonisius, who was the disciple of Saint Paul, and whom we read about in chapter 17 of the Acts of the Apostles, he once knew a priest who had a very profound vision. The vision was prompted <clears throat> by feelings of hostility and bitterness towards a certain person who had turned away a candidate for baptism from the church. In, in this bad frame of mind, the priest went to bed one evening. In the middle of the night, at the hour when he would usually wake up to sing the praises of God, he got up. He had little rest from a series of brief, interrupted, and disturbed bouts of sleep. He stood for prayer, but certainly in in an inappropriate manner because he had anger in his heart. He said that it was not just for ungodly men, men who had turned from the straight paths of the Lord to be allowed to live. Having said this, he then prayed for God to hurl his pitiless thunderbolt and to finish at once the lives of those who had turned away from Christ. Suddenly, the place where he was seemed to be shaken completely and then split into two halves in the middle from the roof on down. A shining flame appeared coming down to him from above, for the place was seemed at that time to be just suspended in the open air. The sky itself seemed to be unfolding And in the vault of heaven, Jesus appeared amid an endless throng of angels. The priest looked up and was amazed by what he saw. He then glanced down, and the ground seemed to open up into a yawning and shadowy chasm. The two men whom he had cursed were at the very edge of that chasm. They were trembling and they were pitiful, And bit by bit, they were starting to fall in because of their slippery perch. From the bottom of a pit came serpents, which wound themselves around the feet of the two men, pulling upon them and dragging them. They tore and they lashed at them with their teeth and their tails, and in fact did everything to make them tumble into that pit. This spectacle delighted the priest. He forgot the sight that he had just seen that was just above him. He was impatient and hostile because the evil pair had not yet fallen in. 
He tried repeatedly himself to help the serpents in their efforts, but was powerless and became angry and he cursed. And finally, he looked up again and saw the same spectacle as earlier. But this time, Jesus had risen from his heavenly throne. Moved by compassion, Christ came down to those unfaithful too. He reached out with a rescuing hand out to them. The angels even helped him. He held on to the two men, one on either side of him. Then Jesus spoke to that priest. So your hand is raised up, and I now am the one you must strike. Here I am, ready once again in order to suffer for the salvation of man. And I would very gladly endure it if in this way I could keep men from sin. Look to yourself. Maybe you should be living with the serpents in the pit rather than with God and his angels. Christ said, look to yourself. Maybe it should be you living with the serpents in the pit rather than with God and his angels. So my brothers and sisters, like that priest who had this startling revelation from the Lord, so many of us are ready to hate and to curse those who might annoy us or offend us. Those who we would call our enemies because of their evil deeds, we would gladly cast into hell if we could. We happily condemn those for whom Christ has died. I think we all know well these words from the Gospel of John, what our Lord himself commanded us. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also have one another in love. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. No problem, most of us might say, I love my mother, I love my father, I love my friends, I love my children. What's the big deal? Well, if we were listening closely this morning, Jesus said something utterly radical, something really totally new, something that the world had never heard before and indeed often does not want to hear, but love your enemies. And suddenly the new commandment of Christ takes on a whole new meaning, a divinely profound dimension. It is here that we hear the objections. There are many protestations against loving one's enemies, but the Lord, who understands the human heart like no one else, advises that the use of love toward enemies is a healing medicine for evil. In spite of all your objections, he told his disciples and says to us, love your enemies. To remember the golden rule that Christ put forth, as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them, I ask you. If you fell into the hands of your enemies and they had the power to destroy you, what would you want them to show to you? Cruelty? Of course not. You would want leniency and compassion. 
When you see such leniency and compassion on the part of your enemy, you are moved. And that person, who up to now has been presented as your enemy, is presented as a person worthy of love because you didn't expect such love from him. Therefore, that which you would want your enemy to show you in a difficult moment in your life, show to him as well. Show love. That love will extinguish, extinguish the flame of hatred and allow the hearts to approach one another. The law of Christ, which is the law of love, teaches us to act in a way contrary to the world, but to be as God is himself. And this is, of course, to love those who are oftentimes unlovable. If we are true Christians, brothers and sisters, then we know that we are merely sojourners upon this earth, and the ways of the world are not our ways. For our citizenship is in heaven, says St. Paul, and it is the law of heaven by which we must abide. If your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he is thirsty, give him drink. If he is cold, clothe him. If he is sick, save him and show him love. If he is in danger of killing himself, spare him and assist him. Do this, Christ our Lord promises us, and you will then be sons of the Most High God. Is it difficult? Yes, of course. It is difficult because of the fallen and the corrupt will which inside of us protests. It will want blood and vengeance, but Christ, by his example, on the cross, and even crying out from that cross, love your enemies. And he gives you the strength to love all the world and even your enemies, just as he loved his. St. Siloan, just from the previous century, wrote this beautiful passage. The Lord taught me to love my enemies. Without the grace of God, we cannot love our enemies. Only the Holy Spirit teaches love. I beseech you, put this to the test. When a man affronts you or brings dishonor on your head or takes what is yours or persecutes the church, pray to the Lord saying, O Lord, we are all your creatures. Have pity on your servants and turn their hearts to repentance. Then you will be aware of grace in your soul. If you will pray for your enemies, peace will come to you. Brothers and sisters, what a terrible thing it would be if, after all of our efforts, thinking we were members of the kingdom of God, but never having achieved this love of our enemies, the Lord said to us on the dread day of his return, Look to yourself. Maybe you should be living with the serpents in the pit rather than with God and his angels. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High God, to whom be the glory, the honor, and the worship forevermore. Amen. <laughs>